Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 108. Greetings and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas, and I hope you've been having a fantastic week. So this episode is a quite a bit delayed. I've been having somehow more technical issues. Uh, this mainly pertaining to the files. For some reason, whenever I was exporting the show, uh, it was just giving me chipmunk quality audio for whatever reason. And I don't know what it was. I ended up having to like uninstall and reinstall some things and... It's magically working again just fine. I don't know what the problem was. I don't think I ever will, but that's why we're coming at you a little bit late this week. And that's why I will uh, have to be foregoing any recommendations in general this week just to get this interview out for everybody to check out uh, the book Darla from Invader Comics from Josh Rubens and Bree Tippetts. They were super fun to talk to. Uh, I was glad I got a chance to speak with both of them. Uh, unfortunately, Josh had to leave the interview uh, about a half hour in or so. He was an absolute trooper. He just come off a long flight and still agreed to do the podcast and all that. So, and you know, based on the conversation, I had, I wouldn't have assumed he was probably just pure exhausted and jet lagged. So he's he's a consummate pro in that end. But uh, he had to bow out after a half hour. So you know, I was incredibly uh, thankful for his time, but. Bree stuck around, and uh, we got really nerdy about some art stuff. That was really fun to chat with her about that. And yeah, so I think you're all going to enjoy this episode. Please go check out Darla from Invader Comics. It comes out on the 31st, which is tomorrow as this episode drops. Uh, I, again, apologize to them for the delay. Wish I had a a better uh, answer for what the problem was technically that was giving me all these issues, but... Um, I'm working on some workarounds to, uh, you know, not do this anymore <laughs> like this and have it so tight um, and, and get some uh, editing done a lot faster than uh, the seat of the pants that I end up doing anyway. Anyway, enough yammering. Let's get to the interview. Oh, I hear a kitty cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my my mean cat is uh, sitting at my table watching me. Devil. <laughs> He's unhappy about you having to do a podcast right now. Yeah, truly. Uh, <clears throat> awesome. Uh, well, it is now time for my guest. Uh, today I am joined by two incredibly talented creators who are here to talk about a really, really rad looking new book coming from Invader Comics called Darla. Uh, and it, it, it's it got a really, really cool premise. The art is just awesome, and I can't wait to talk to these two creators a lot about this book and all that but first i gotta do it i gotta ask josh rubin free tippets comics coffee metal what are y'all digging right now let's see metal uh let's see my so it's like my music my music of as of late my drink as of late and like my media yeah yeah you know, it, again it doesn't have to be metal i mean i've had all types i've talked to people about Everything from podcasts to Mongolian throat singing to seltzer Whoa. water to orange juice, you know, whatever, whatever we're, whatever we're enjoying. I mean, know? I'm a, I'm a sucker for a, uh, for a La Croix, you know, that's just like the mm-hmm. Hollywood drink, the uh, <laughs> pound down a few thousand LaCroix and, um, you know, when we're not striking, when there's not a writer strike, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just do doing some writing. 
Um, but uh, I've actually the closest to metal I've been listening to is a lot of like um, a lot of like early '90s rock, a lot of Nirvana okay. and Seether and uh, was it Baruch Assault and um, mm-hmm. just like a whole bunch of like early '90s, mid '90s. Um, even like a, li- a little bit of Rage Against the Machine, but more like Beck and Butthole Surfers and, you know, not like, I don't know, Weezer, like just trying to mm-hmm. relive uh, Verve Pipe, like reliving my mm-hmm. uh, my 90s life and then watching. <laughs> I mean, we're, you know, I literally just got off the plane from being in New York for a week and change um, and uh, going to finally catch up on a little Yellow Jackets in succession. So that's the oh. trio. La Croix, Yellow Jacket slash Succession, and uh, early '90s uh, rock. Awesome, you know, uh, I, I can. There's a through line from like early '90s okay. alternative and all that to how what what influences metal now and hard rock and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So um, that's one of the things I love about metal, which is kind of why I have it as one of the the things of the show is because metal has transcended, I think, a genre to me, and it's more like a medium than a genre mm. to me. Mm-hmm. And, and just because there's you, you could ask five different people who say they listen to metal, what they what bands they listen to, and you're gonna get five wildly different answers. Yeah, you know, and you know if it was you know early '90s, it'd probably be everyone saying Metallica, Megadeth, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. Maiden, Priest. But now it's just like so so wildly different, and that's yeah. that's kind of what I love about it. So, um, no, I, I could definitely see, and you know. Stuff like butthole surfers and and Veruca salt and all that, you know, they, they definitely had the attitude, yeah, <laughs> the, the yeah, metal for attitude sure. for sure. For sure, whole. So, I mean, a whole lot of yeah. whole, whole lot of Courtney Love too. It's just yeah, awesome, awesome. How about you, Brie? Um, for rock, I haven't really listened to metal in a few years. Like, I went through a phase where I was like into metal when I was younger and like screamo. Um, mm-hmm. More recently, like Josh, I've. Uh, not 90s rock, but like psychedelic rock has been what I've been into. Like just going back oh, okay. to like 70s and 60s stuff has kind of been where I've been at. Um, drink wise, yeah, sparkling water's great or like coconut water um, I've been getting into. Um, and then comics was the other part, right? Yeah, yeah. Any and, comics you've been reading and enjoying? Yeah. The, uh, a new one I got into, I had a friend send it to me. A few months ago, but Genesis, I really liked that graphic novel. Um, and something is killing the children has been really fun to read as well. Ooh. Yeah, I've heard nothing but praise for that book. I, I'm I'm woefully behind on uh, a lot of these, you know, well-regarded books because I'm I'm trying to keep up with all my friends' books <laughs> and, and support them, and then I, I get to these books where like they're kind of in that periphery of like these everyone's all my friends are talking about him but i'm like i i'm barely keeping up with your guys stuff i don't <laughs> yeah so i forgot to get into comics i mentioned the comics i guess i just um i just picked up a creep show uh oh, okay uh, like ec comics anthology from Re- revenge of which is where Bri- Bri and i are actually gonna do um an event gosh in like all of 40 48 hours from now um <laughs> oh, here wow. in Blastle park but um I'm really excited to dive into that and just read uh, like early Marvels, like Adam Warlock, like really Marvel classics uh, uh, comic. I just like pulled off the shelf and I was like, I'm just going to take this single issue like intro to Adam Warlock. I, I didn't know anything about him, and I think Adam Poulter is playing him in the new uh, 
the new Guardians. I didn't even know he was a character. Um, but I'm yeah, super, super getting back into it. I think Godzilla, Godzilla in Hell is my favorite recent. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I, I definitely got to get that one. Uh, my seven-year-old daughter has got the Godzilla bug, which I'm thankful <laughs> for because, um, you know, I love Godzilla and I have some of the vinyls and stuff. And, you know, it's like clockwork every weekend. She takes down all the Godzilla vinyls I have to go play with them. And she has all the DVDs wow. out and all that. And so... You know, I'm 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 waiting until she's just just old enough to where I can show her some more of the uh, the comics and stuff like that. Cause like I I got a few of them, but Godzilla comics were never a thing that I really yeah. Got. But you know, Godzilla and hell, that's Stoko, right? Uh, Stoko? I'm not I'm not sure. I, th- I believe it is. I mean, there's only one as far as yeah. I know, and it's absolutely yeah. stunning. Um, yeah, but, like the images are actually kind of breathtaking. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's everything you kind of I, I certainly like want want to um devour in a in a comic book it's just like so fully immersive and um scary and just all the good stuff oh awesome awesome well thanks for indulging uh my questions and and Bri, you mentioned the psychedelic rock thing like again i can i can think of several bands now that are considered metal that definitely have those ties into like psychedelic rock and stuff all and, and like that so it's it definitely fits the theme so yeah, uh, no yeah. worries there. And who doesn't love a good seltzer? I, I highly suggest. <laughs> I highly suggest if either of you are, if you like a lime seltzer, if you can get the Topo Chico with lime. Ooh, love Topo. The Topo Chico with lime. It is the best lime seltzer. Period. That I've it's ever probably had. the most effervescent brand as well. I've tried the liquid. <laughs> you know the liquid death. I've tried. Uh, I've tried every brand of Croy, but like Topo's got like that that top that top shelf top level uh, effervescent. Sorry, Pellegrino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a big soda. You know, I'm a big soda coffee drinker. You know, I try to limit it now. Uh, but yeah, Topo Chico is like it's the only seltzer I, I've had that kind of it, it hits the mark where soda would give me with like the just like the the crispness and the like I guess the effervescence of it all. <laughs> But yeah, it's really, really mm-hmm. good. So if you can, if you can snag yourselves a, a couple bottles of that, I highly suggest it. So uh, on it, on it. <laughs> well, you two are on here today to talk about Darla, your uh, new book from Invader Comics. Now, the premise of this book was really, really cool and interesting, and I loved Bree's art on the preview I've seen because I, I think with the premise that was. You know, in a synopsis that you know, I'll, I'll ask you to explain for everybody. You don't normally see an art style like this associated with a book like that. At least I don't. And I always think it's really cool to see, you know, someone not have like that ultra realistic art style while telling a story kind of like this, because it's just so much more interesting. It's so much more um, effect to me uh, for something like that. And Usually, uh, all my friends or associates who kind of have a uh, a less like mainstream art, you know, style or whatever, I always am excited when I see them do something that different with with that. Like, I, I have a couple friends who draw in a very like, I guess you can call it YA kind of friendly type of style. But I'm like, I keep telling them, like, I, I I would love to see you do a horror book, just like <laughs> something really creepy and nasty. Like, I just think it would be so interesting to see that. So. Um, and you know, Brie, your art, it, from, again, from, from the, uh, from what I've seen, like, 
I also love just how, and I hope it stays with this with the, with the print of the book, how you can see the brush marks with all the the black areas and stuff like that. How how it's just there, and you can see the the work being done on the page. Uh, and I really hope they preserve that with the printing and all that. But uh, enough for me rambling on about that. If uh, you let everybody know what Darla is. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, Darla's is basically a, a sort of EC Comics esque um, Tales from the Crypt inspired story about a uh, an irritable woman who um, has this uh, factory accident and lives her her days kind of isolated in her home and starts to spiral um, and uh, her true wicked self starts to emerge as she contends with um, maybe an impending lawsuit for <laughs> this accident, even though she doesn't really know how to um, uh, begin or uh, embroil herself uh, in one or with, with legal assistance. Um, and she also starts to sort of obsess over a local politician and fantasize a monster in her home. <laughs> so that's uh, that's why Bree's art style really complements this like very kind of you know wicked story. I think. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so, I, I, before we start recording, I was I was mentioning the Bree that I, I'm currently working on a book with uh, a director who's writing a comic for the first time and all that. And uh, you being a director. Was there, were you always interested in writing comics or was this, is this like your first, you know, full on foray into writing a script and all that? And if so, like, what was the, was there like a huge like mental shift in terms of like how to approach a script, how to, how to do all that kind of uh, creative work beforehand? Well, I've always been a fan of comics. I, I didn't know I necessarily would ever write one. Um, I think in the <clears throat> these like recent years with like uh, Z Chun starting TKO Presents and him just being like a cool guy, he's got Gremlins, um, mm-hmm. Secrets of the Mogwai coming out, and with obviously Invader, um, and um, the last podcast on the Left Guys, like kicking off their kind of um, their entity, their their comic book operation as well. It's just it's back in the ether, and it's really cool that like comic book shops are alive. And I, I get so inspired every time I I kind of walk into a store and um, a comic book store. I, I always kind of have to go back because it was my uh, or have to go in one if I see one because it was my sort of happy place. So uh, the oh sorry, I think there's there's a a, a five alarm fire. So hopefully it just adds texture to my uh, my response. Um, so basically, I, I had this idea, you know, Brie and I started talking on Instagram because I was sort of a fan of her work, and she'd done some amazing fan art of um, the films I'd done. We started talking about stories, and I, I had a script idea that was originally called Annie, and then I realized that was too much like the musical, um, <clears throat> that I changed to Darla Demon. Um, that I shared with Brie and was like, is there a comic here? And we sort of, we adapted it that way. I, I didn't go the the McLeod route, which, you know, might be kind of like annoying for, you know, true, like hardcore comic folks. But it was like, it's it was my way in. I was like, I can't let this this story kind of rot in the corner. I want to do something with it. And, you know, if it meant I got to work with an artist like Brie, then that was how we, you know, we, we brought the thing to life. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Brie, you know, I 
definitely want to ask you quite a few questions about your art and your, and your process and your method and all that. It, it looks like you work with watercolors. Am I correct? Actually, for uh, the book, I worked with a uh, marker on this, oh, with okay. markers and ink. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I do I, with I, watercolor. <laughs> oh. Well, I, you know, uh, I, I, you know, some, some backstory. Literally today, I finally am like, oh, crap, I need to like, you know, hook up with uh, <laughs> you two on social media. And yeah, I was scrolling through your Instagram. Yeah. And I'm seeing like all these awesome, awesome portraits and all this work. And thank you. Is is um, is comics something always that was in your, you know, front, you know, in, in your direct view of something you wanted to do or uh, it, or was it just, you know, you kind of fell into that? Because th- I've talked to quite a few artists who like they never actually thought they would be doing comics and they just liked comics. And all of a sudden someone's like, hey, you want to make a comic? And then all of a sudden they're making comics now. <laughs> I think it progressed over time. I definitely, since I was a kid, was like, I want to do something with horror. Like, I went through a special effects phase where I tried to learn how to do that stuff. And Oh, awesome. Um, so horror's always been, like, for sure. Comic kind of snuck up on me. I, like, so as a kid, I remember going, the way I got him for a while, because um, we grew up kind of poor, was going up the road at yard sales. There was a kid who always had comics out. And he started mm. to learn that I would get his comics so he ended up putting more and more out and then just setting them aside for me to get every yard sale so that's kind of my start with comics and then i you know i always thought it was fun and i look back at old drawings i did and there definitely was some influence there but it didn't Mm -hmm. like fully hit me till college when i studied under a professor learning how to professionally ink um i had a teacher who inked for like i want to say 10 years at bongo comics before they ended okay um, but, um, but yeah, so that's when it fully, I was like, oh, okay, this could be something I could do a career in this. And, um, I, I kept getting rejected for inking positions and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make my own stuff. And then, um, it turned out awesome because that's kind of how I got to work with Josh as well, which has been such a great experience. That's awesome. Awesome. I love to hear it. Uh, whenever someone's like, you know, I, wasn't getting much traction is one thing. So I said, I'm just gonna do myself. I'm just gonna do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And then it happens. Like that's always like, yes, yes. That is, <laughs> that is always like the, the under, I guess the underdog story, but it's also just, I feel like artists in my own opinion, kind of grow more and faster when you are working with your own stuff and your own ideas, because we are our own, we are our own harshest critics and things like that and not that you know criticism as a whole is bad or working with other people is is isn't uh, beneficial but i just feel like when it comes to at least in the comics field when you kind of have to do it all like you you really cut to the bone of what's necessary and what's not and you just grow so much faster with yeah all and of you that. get to work with like the whole process and learn how every part works even if like Like lettering and writing is kind of the hard part for me. I just like the visual stuff, but it's kind of fun to have to push yourself to out of your comfort zone for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm def I'm definitely someone who's like, I have to understand all the parts of the process. And with my first graphic novel, I wasn't the only person working on it, but I did literally everything on there. And at some point I did some of the lettering. I did some of the coloring. I did some, I did all the pre-press for the printer. I did, you know, uh, some of the dialogue and stuff like that. And, you know, that's my own 
uh, <laughs> uh, problem <laughs> when I have to do things like that. But I also felt like it, it really gave me a great perspective and respect for every every step of the process and everything that has to yeah. that has to be factored and, and, and done with that. Um, Josh, was there a particular part of making comics that you weren't uh, super familiar with that kind of took you by surprise about how and you know like how difficult or how easy it was for you to adapt to? Um, I mean, it, there was. I hesitate to say any part of it was um, like, like just to comment on how, how easier it was because Brie really took on the complete um, uh, heft of the labor. I mean, she, she yeah. shouldered this entire thing. I, I had written this, this story, this script. Yes. I, I'd had this kind of, you know, visual deck that I handed to Brie, but Brie brought it to life. That was, you know, that's probably why Brie is like, yeah, it was, it was a good experience because a lot, you know, a, a lot of the time Brie would come to me and I'd be like, um, yes, keep going. Yes, <laughs> maybe add this, you know, this image. I'll call them shots sometimes rather than, yeah. you know, um, the drawing or illustration, what have you. So, yeah, I had a shot of, you know, like filmmaker talk all the time. Um mm-hmm. I think the learning curve was um, <clears throat> honestly when it's like Brie and I did this entire book sort of individually. We we're planning on even just putting it on like Etsy or something. We just had no, okay. you know, no plan after the fact. And then Invader sort of cropped up as um, the ideal candidate to be our publisher. It was bringing bringing the book to them and them sort of articulating a really brilliant note and a major learning lesson certainly for me which is like this this is a visual medium first it's all panels mm-hmm. and your dialogue yeah every letter has to matter and so you can't bring monologues of text into a mm-hmm. book you have to really really pare it down um so that you know the page is an experience you're it's it's no no different than watching a movie right it's like it's a visual medium they go shot shot by shot by shot um so paring down the dialogue so that the images were at the forefront that was the big learning lesson i think for me and what what has my gears turning certainly for like you know hopefully what will be many books to come that's awesome it's you sound like the perfect kind of like my favorite kind of writer <laughs> you're just like <laughs> you, you you get it you get the idea of like comics being the visual medium and the collaborative process of it because that's the most fun part i think because mm-hmm. as it i've is. worked with other writers it's like i've very rarely ever had someone who's not i've been very lucky i've very rarely ever had someone who's not like yeah let's 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 shoot this back and forth if i suggest something or whatever even yeah. if you know i think even if my idea wasn't the right one or whatever at least it's being heard it's being considered mm-hmm. and then it's like okay um like right now i have a creator book called eb and the helsings that i'm co i'm working with a friend of mine steve bryant he's a artist and longtime creator of his, his own work for you know decades now and he's really great uh to work with with me because i like to i have i have the ideas he has the execution you know, so I can tell like there's a, a, a scene in, in the issue I'm drawing now where I'm like, oh, we should add this. And I'm thinking like, oh, we would just have, you know, it was about a, an extra character being there. And I think all oh, they would just kind of show up, you know, whatever, when the scene happens. And then he comes back immediately with like a, an amazing way to like incorporate it, to add a sense of tension to the whole book, mm-hmm. and to the whole scene before that. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
see, this is, <laughs> this, this is why, you know, it, it's so awesome working in comics. And it sounds, you know, and I love hearing that seems to be kind of the relationship you two have right now with uh, or had with Darla and all and all that working that. And it's cool that Invader came in and you're able to get this to a wider audience because this is definitely it feels like one of those books where, you know, it, getting it out to more people, it's, it's definitely going to find a much larger audience than if, you know, it was just simply self-published and put out there. So I'm really glad you all got a chance to get this slightly bigger platform to put it out on and, and all that. And it, the book is coming out on March, I'm sorry, 31st. It's already May. <laughs> it's already May, guys. <laughs> yeah, May 31. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And on, um, on the on the 20th, just, just uh, you know, again, just 40 some odd hours from now, Saturday, um, <laughs> Bree and I are going to be signing ash cans and um just meeting people hyping up the book at a revenge of which is an incredible like pinball place and comic book store here in los oh, angeles that's awesome. glassell park yeah we're, we're really excited and it'll actually be the first time brie and i are meeting in person oh really oh crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome we did it all over like text instagram and like zoom it's pretty crazy that, that's amazing now I, I always uh, have to ask people this after the after we've talked about their project and all that because you're you're still in the middle of it you're promoting it it's coming out but mm-hmm. what what you got cooking next you, are you two planning on doing a a, a follow up book or are you just kind of letting the dust settle a little bit before you uh, start making more plans. I mean, I think Brie and I, you know, I don't want to speak for Brie, but I, I'm like very excited to do another <laughs> one with Brie that doesn't have um, uh, 9,000 monologues. So it's like just mostly visual, I think would be mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and and also just to be able to work with many different artists, just like as a filmmaker, you want to work with many different, you know, cinematographers um, and people who have different styles. I'd love to do another book with Brie if she'll have me and then um you know on the (laughs) yes um and then on the uh, just like outside of the you know book stuff I've got um a few films that are sort of coming together in a project a gig that's hopefully lining up for this summer that's really exciting but we're we're all uh it's looking like all three unions are on the verge of striking the WGA we're in the thick of it obviously right now Um, you know, out there picketing um, with my buddies. There are some incredible people out there, you know, um, in solidarity striking with us, writers and directors and actors and friends and uh, and beyond. So hopefully it resolves quickly and we can just kind of get back to it. Sort of feel guilty writing anything even for myself in the meantime, other than just like mm-hmm. being on the, on the picket. But um, once we're in the clear, it's going to be really cathartic to start thinking of other ideas. Well, I, uh, yeah, you bring up you bring up the uh, the writer strike, and I think I saw the Screen Actors Guild was voting to to strike as well. I think that was today. Yeah, yeah, I just casted my ballot uh, moments ago. Yeah, so awesome. you know, and you know, I sincerely hope that it all goes all of yours way. Like, you know, I, I don't oh, it will. This. It will. <laughs> if, if the if the actors stop acting and the directors stop directing and the writers yeah. stop writing, they're they're dead. Yeah, and you know, it's it's great to see that kind of level of camaraderie and support because, you know, the creators understand, you know, and you know, I while comics is exactly the, the industry that uh, has enough of a, I guess, a 
united community or, or, or union to, to make those stands. It definitely needs to. Or it would be nice if they did. But that's just, yeah, anyway. Um, but no, I, I, I hope uh, these companies get their shit together, realize, oh, man, no one's going to want to watch all this crap we're planning to, like, <laughs> trying to. Oh, yeah, they will. And, and, and all that. And just, and just, just, just fucking pay the people, man. Like, just come on. They're, they're going to win. I mean, they're, they're, they're yeah. like case in point, the, the reason why they're all so wealthy is because of us. This is what, this is yeah. what the union strikes of, of, uh, yesteryears I mean, have, have been all about. It's like no yeah. more, um, no more abuses of labor. We're, we're, yeah. through, we're yeah. through with it. And we're the only reason certainly I'm able to do what I'm doing is because of the strikes of the mm-hmm. past and the people yeah. who fought in the past. So this will be yet another one of those mm-hmm. long overdue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, I can't help but think of uh, one particular picket sign is still has my brain is like, just give up one yacht. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wish truly. I, I wish I remembered who who it was. Cause I saw they were credited with who, who wrote that on there. But it's like just give up one fucking yacht, guys. Come on. <clears throat> uh, yeah, one yacht would take care of uh, I think a few hundred riders pretty pretty exactly. easily. I mean, we're asking for the the equivalent of like thirty seven thousand dollars extra per rider per project um and that fraction compared to the hundreds of millions of dollars sometimes yeah that's individual is just that's staggering that's it's nothing easy. that's that's pennies yeah. man and pennies so i can't wait to see the headlines when everything goes the way it need it should go and it needs to go and everyone can uh you know create in a comfortable manner and and be you know reap the rewards for their hard work and and labor um, and on the topic of movies, I, I would be remiss in, say, in not bringing up the fact that I've fan of Werewolves Within. I thought it was a really fantastic movie. <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, Sam Richardson is like, like I didn't know about him until that movie. And then I'm just like, oh, man, this guy. I, I've since oh, now wow. seen him in so many things. And I'm like, this guy is amazing. I yes, love him so much. I watched around for a while. the other day and he was on it. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a Ted Lasso we were watching last night, and he's he was on yeah. there for a small part, and it's just like, man, he's he's so good at playing <laughs> at playing to someone you just want to give a hug, and then also someone you just want to punch. <laughs> like, man, this guy's too good. <laughs> he's too good. So, um, I, I you know, and based you know based on that, I, I can't wait to see what uh, you got cooking next, movie wise, and all that. Um, I know you had to. Uh, uh, Keep keep this uh, keep this talk for yourself at at thirty. Um, so I don't want to keep you too late. I know you're extremely busy, and uh, you Thank also you. are coming just off a of flight. So I really appreciate you <laughs> sticking with this because I've I haven't done many uh, flights myself, but the, the flights I have done were definitely not cross country, and I definitely would not want to do this after that anyway. So oh, thank you. <laughs> well, really it's, uh, it. there there are um, there are worse ways to spend a post flight uh, <laughs> post flight hour. So I, I I really really appreciate it. A half hour for that matter. Um, such a pleasure talking to you, and I, I really hope you you enjoy our book. I, I I can't wait I can't wait to read it, and I I really hope to have you all on. You know, have have you back on again. You're welcome to stay if you want to keep chatting about art and comics. I don't want to force you to stay, but I don't want to force you to leave either. <laughs> oh yeah, well, uh, if you need uh, longer, I can I can stay on longer. Uh, but what? Yeah, uh, we can go. We can go a little bit longer, and then. Uh, but yeah, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I hope we uh, get to have this chat again next project. 
My pleasure. And Brie, I'll see you Saturday. See you Saturday. <laughs> so Crazy. Cool. Thank you so much, Don. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Okay, Breeze. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to make you stay on. <laughs> if you if you oh. want to go uh, log off, that's perfectly fine as well. But um, I'm not used to shorter episodes. <laughs> you no, you're good. Like, I can do longer if you need more material or whatever. Uh, works yeah, it's not so much. It's, yeah, it's it's not. It's whatever everyone's comfortable with. I tell everyone like, if you want to do half hour, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, it's whatever you want to do. Uh, I've had really long really really long episodes and i'm not expecting that uh from anybody but um yeah i just you know i felt kind of bad because i'm like i'm talking to josh a lot about the book and all that but i really want to talk to you about your art and and all that because you know i love talking to other artists about their process and things like that so if you're open to talking about all that kind of stuff i'd oh yeah yeah through, uh, i'm down okay. i i i was planning on it being like an hour or so <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go. We'll go a little bit longer. I'll, so that way, you, uh, you can still have uh, the rest of your evening, <laughs> probably, probably to get some work done, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. and all that, uh, and all that. But um, awesome. So uh, I guess we'll just continue. Um, hopefully, I remember to edit all this out. If I not, if not, you know, you've been along for the ride. I agree to stay longer. Um, so. You know, working, we're working, we're working with Josh. Like the, it sounds like there's like a lot of back and forth with, with all that. Was it more of like a, like a, he said he had, there's a script and all that. So were you like instantly feeling comfortable saying, Oh, how about we do it this way? How about we do it this way? Or is it more, or was this, you know, was there a conversation beforehand? Like, you know, just do what you want to do and then we'll talk about it kind of thing. Well, so he approached me with the script at first to see if I wanted to work on it. And I, I love his writing and his film. So I instantly was like, yes, I'm on board. I love it. Um, it had heart to it. It wasn't just like a cut and dry horror. There was a lot to the mm-hmm. characters and I really like character work. Um, and so I was really into it. And then after we kind of were like on board, he sent me um, this director's deck of like what he would have sent if it were to be made into a movie of like, this is kind of what the characters he had in mind would look like. And, the backgrounds and all that. So what I did was I sketched it, kind of played with it and then kind of made the characters into my own with my own style, but using the kind of stuff he gave me, um, Mm -hmm. got his approval. And then just, he kind of let me do my own thing for creating the pages. I'd send them to him as I go every now and then he'd have changes, but he kind of let me have free reign with it. That's awesome. Is this your, is this your first like full on, long form comic or have you done uh, a graphic novel or full issue comic stuff before? Um, so I've done it independently, but I've, uh, I've got two graphic novels. I've made one was my first one where I was like dipping my toes in. So it was kind of like an anthology of like shorter stories to see if I could even okay. do it on my own. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, I'm not much of a writer. I, I am just really into the art. Um, but then after that, I was like, okay, I can do this. And I did Rictus, which is kind of what got this started. I had at one point sent it to Josh and he's like, all right, we got to collaborate. <laughs> so <laughs> nice, nice. You know, I, the more artists I speak to who, you know, like, oh, I'm not much of a writer. I'm not much of a writer. I feel like we, we are more writers than we, than we give ourselves credit for, for sure. Um, especially with, 
you know, in my, my experience working with multiple different writers on short stories and stuff like that, given different varying lengths of rope to hang myself with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with how their scripts are formatted. I, I feel like just having some sort of internal writing, even if it's not like, I find myself like, even if I have dialogue in a script, I find myself have like the characters are saying more and doing more in my head. Like I'm writing more dialogue for them in my head, even though that's not what's going to be said, whatever. But for me to get the image, to get the expression, to get the, the acting down for the characters, I feel like there's this like silly writing in my head. Is, is, is that kind of something you've experienced at all? Or am I just, you know, thinking too much about everything? No, that's a good process. The way I, I mean, I, I've just, like I said, I've just been kind of making things. Um, I mean, I've read like the, the, the like Eisner books on like how to write a comic and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. But I found what works for me because I, I, what I wanted to do with my first like big comic and then with this one as well, which it was easier to do because I had an actual script for this one, but Um, I just wanted it to feel like a film. Like I really wanted to bring that kind of a style to my stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just tried to picture in my head, like, okay, how would this scene go as a film? How would they talk as a film? Like, and it made it easier because like you said, sometimes you have like more dialogue in your head. And that was kind of my trick to like, how much would they say on the screen? (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, that was kind of how I worked it out. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing you mentioned like reading the 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 basically the how-to books on things and you know i'm sure as a fellow artist you have plenty of how to do x y books or drawing with perspective or what what, whatever the 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 books you know we tend to collect over the years and all that and um there seems to be kind of something that took me way too long to get with my own art but i was able to i adapted it to other creative forms and that is like yeah, you do the learning, but then you, you set that aside and then you, you don't have to be slavish to it. You don't have to always make sure, you know, the, there's the, you know, a, a mid shot and a, a close up and a, the establishing shot. Like, yeah, it's good to have those things, keep them in mind, but like, you don't have to like make it, you don't have to like checklist yeah, with, the how-tos, like- with the how to's and all that. I think, was it Stephen? I'm sure a lot of writers have said this, but I know Stephen King had said something about like, you want to write the way you practice is reading. I feel like it's like that with comics too. It's like, you Mm -hmm. just got to read more comics and watch more shows or, you know, just to get the feel of how it goes. And like you said, you've already got that built in knowledge of what you read before and you just apply it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was something that took me personally a long time to get, because as a musician, I get, you know, you learn chords and you learn scales, but you, if you're writing music, you're not thinking scales. You're not, you, you use that information to make things sound good together, but you don't necessarily have to like have that as the forethought in your mind. But when it came to comics, you know, sometimes it was just like, you know, the constant of like, oh, did I make sure I have, is this perspective 100% correct? And is this, you know, did I do, did I break the 180 rule? Did I do this? What the other random thing that someone decided some time ago that is important for us to never not do or whatever. And it just became, you know, a point a few, uh, a couple of years ago where I'm just like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. I'm waking, I'm thinking way too much about this. I just need to, I just need to, I just need to make it. And, you know, that also kind of where stems, you know, some of my beliefs that 
when you just make things. That's when you get better. You just make things. And yeah. uh, and you got to keep going when you mess up. That was something that was hard for mm-hmm. me to learn. Like I'd shut down sometimes because I'm like, well, I was already good at this. Why am I like wasting my time on this if it stresses me out? But it's good to push yourself into, like you said, just do it. Just make stuff. Just yeah. keep going. <laughs> Well, speaking of pushing yourself, like look, just scrolling through your your Instagram, I'm seeing such a variety of like styles and 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 mediums that you seem to go through. And do you have do you have a, a preferred medium, or is it just, or you just kind of go like what you feel like using for this particular project? Um, it it changes a lot. I always go back to ink. Ink's always like mm-hmm. the core tool. I think I use on everything like ink brush and ink pen. Um. But I play around with what's underneath, especially for color. Like sometimes I'll do watercolor. Sometimes I'll add in colored pencil. Sometimes I'll just do graphite drawings just because, you know, like you said, on a day where I'm like, I'm not sure what I want to make. Sometimes I just got to push myself to make something. And so, yeah, I play a little bit with everything. But I think that's I worked in an art store for a while. So I got oh, okay. to play with a lot of different mediums <laughs> for fun. <laughs> so literally, You're literally a kid in a candy store. Just, oh, it's the best. You know. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it's 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 it, it's really wild. Just, just again, just scrolling through and seeing like because you have a such it's a, such a a, a cool uh, perspective on some of these portraits and things like that. That you know, there's some that are like very like I guess um, I don't want to I don't make it seem like it's like it's a derogatory term, but like very straightforward kind of a portraiture. Then others are much more uh, stylized and things like that. And it's it's I'm always in awe of people like that because my brain doesn't like quite get that. It, it kind of has to be the one thing all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish it, I could. A, I'm just ADD. I think is part of it. Like mm. I get bored quick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My my ADHD, it makes me want to do a million different things at once, but each thing has to be that thing. It's yeah, yeah. it's fun, right? <laughs> we find we find our we find our, our, our ways to torture ourselves, yeah, and, and things like that. But um, so what? Growing up uh, as an artist and stuff like that, who who are your biggest influences? You would say. I know this is probably stereotypical, especially like my generation, but I. Tim Burton just really was a big influence for me. Um, just that like combination of dark and happy. I always loved that. And so I think that's why I do horror, but I do it in such a colorful way. Um, and then Jonan Vasquez was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked his comics growing up. I liked that they didn't always quite have a plot, but just were really dark and funny. Um, and black and white, like I love graphic novels that are just straight black and white. My comics before I worked with Josh were black and white. So this was actually my first one in color. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, those were probably my two biggest, I think, for sure. You know, I I didn't think of it. And then once you said the Tim Burton thing, I'm like, oh, OK, I think <laughs> I, I can see that. And I think that's, you know. I, I think it's a good thing because, you know, I'm not like, oh, yeah, you definitely like Tim Burton or whatever. It's like, oh, no, I could see it, but it's not it's part of the recipe, but it's not like. What you it's not like, you know, a one to one type yeah. of stylization <laughs> thing. 
which you know uh which you know is always the best thing to see um how about you what are your influences i was looking at your comic art earlier too it's really good i love it oh thank you really Um, good line uh, work too many (laughs) (laughs) too many um i i have a problem where i kind of like everything and so like yeah i'm you know I'm 40 years old. So I grew up in the nineties with all the lines being drawn everywhere, you know, all the Jim Lee and the Mark Silvestri and the Todd McFarlane's and Mark Silvestri was like my main guy when I was a kid. Um, and then from there I just grew to love like Adam Kubert, um, huge, huge artist for me. Um, John Romita jr. Those guys, but then, I can you know, see I that. Current, yeah. I come the current day, and then there's guys like you know uh, Jeremy Hahn, uh, Mike Norton, uh, my fr- you know my you know some of my friends like Kelly Williams, and it's like people who just do things that like I don't draw like them at all, but they do things that just like inspire me, and I, I consider that like an influence. An influence. Oh, for um, sure. And. I had someone tell me once that, uh, what was it? That they, who, who told me this? I, I forget who, who it was, but they said like that they told me that my style is no style. And I'm like, okay. They're like, oh no, it's not an insult. It's like, I can't pinpoint like where you're coming from. And I'm like, okay. And then I just kind of stuck with me. And I was like, cause I'm like feeling kind of insulted, but I'm also like, well, I can't tell you either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm figuring like you it out. All the different influences, you know, you're still playing <laughs> with all these different things that you like, you know. Yeah, you know, uh, there, you know, there's there's days where I tend to t- I tend to lean into the more, I guess, quote unquote, realistic uh, style, and then there's days where I I, I want to be more expressive and I want to be more cartoonish. It's a lot with the faces and the eyes. I yeah. I struggle a lot with drawing eyes too big. Oh, I, yeah, and, that's a tr- the thing I have trouble with, too. I've been trying to play with that. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, though. If, like, if I've seen someone drawing, like, big eyes on a character or whatever, like, it doesn't bother me because, to me, my brain registers that that's how they drew it. But for me, it just, it, I guess, in my own brain, the way I particularly do things, I'm like, that's off. That's not right. And that's, you know, my own hangups, I guess. <laughs> like that but you know so i i kind of float in between the want to be really wanting to be you know kind of stylized and more exaggerated but also you know i like having like a foundation of realism with proportions and things like that you know and that, yeah, that's a part of my own struggle because then tomorrow i'll wake up and i'm like oh no i want to draw ridiculously giant dudes with massive guns and you know insane anatomy choices and then, you know, the next day I'm like, oh, no, everyone should be more realistic. No one should be, you know, super ripped or anything. You know, it just, <laughs> it, there, there's, there's, there's too much fun to be had drawing. I think that's yeah. what it is. Well, and like, know, I feel but, like the medium of comics, it, it's tricky because like for so long, so many people treated it if like it was too cartoonish, it was for kids. And that's mm-hmm. not really the case. But I feel like there's just still a little bit of that, that like. I even have to fight sometimes like it's okay to be kind of cartoonish. Like it still looks just as cool, you know? Um, yeah. What you're saying, I fluctuate too. So the struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that kind of goes back to the, you know, I think I was mentioning earlier. It's like when I see something that's 
you know, would be considered for kids. I'm like, no, I want to see that person draw something like dark <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, scary or, or, you know, not that I'm a, uh, you know, calling for intense gore or whatever for everything, but like, it would just be really interesting to see because I haven't seen that before. You know, I, I've seen people draw ultra realistic, you know, horror stuff and all that. And it's cool and it, that's fine. But, you know, the excitement of seeing something different it, and all that. So I don't know. I'm a, again, I, I didn't answer your question, but yeah, you know, I'm there's there's tons of artists these days that I, I really enjoy. And like Cliff Chang was a more recent one. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, Sky, uh, Sky Patridge. Her work is uh, phenomenal, and I'm definitely trying to absorb some of the because uh, she she has a kind of a realistic style, but she just can she can also pull off the stylized uh, stylization of, of some of the things first. And for me, it's like not wanting to draw every line yeah. <laughs> of a thing. You know how someone because someone could like even if like say that we'll go back to eyes. Sometimes people don't draw like the under part of the eye, right? Yeah. But for me, I have to do it like every time. And I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I, I like if I leave it alone, no it'll look fine. But for some reason it's just, you know, I guess it's just my uh But that might be part of your style, like you said. You kinda like yeah. like things a certain way. So you do have a style. <laughs> I guess, I guess, yeah. My my style is whatever will make me so frustrated with myself <laughs> that I feel like I have to do this. Well, you know. With, with with the even the Helsing's book, you know, I'm drawing a lot of guitars, you know, so and as musician, like I can't allow myself to not draw it, have it look accurate, the guitars or the playing look accurate, you know, oh, yeah. like anyone else does it. I don't care. Do do what you do, what you want to do. It's not going to bother me any, you know, draw, a, you know, a guitar shape I've never seen before in my life. I don't care. <laughs> you, you, that's fine. That, that's fine for you. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me any, any, and my enjoyment of your work in any way. But for me, if like the shape of a guitar is slightly off or, you know, the, they're, they're not like playing something that looks like the right chord or something. It's just, I, I just, I, I have to do it. I even went and made guitar brushes for myself oh, uh, with funny. the clip studio. <laughs> uh, and you know, they're not like, super like they're not like a 3d thing but like it's just like a flat image of the, but it gives me this it gives me the the proportions and the shape and all the parts are there and i can just ink over it uh you know to, to make it fit better with the image and all that but i kind of had to do do that with myself just to be happy with that and then you know that that's i think that's what also kind of like hinders me from like really going uh too expressive with some things and stuff like that because i just feel like i have to have that grounding of a thing but i don't know i'm, I'm hoping in the, in the future to have a project to where i can just kind of go nuts yeah and just do something really crazy and yeah. different <laughs> um uh you mentioned you did the work with darla with with copic markers um hmm. is it copic or copic i can i never get the i've heard both um and i worked at an art store so i'm just gonna go with either spot. <laughs> Okay. I, I was gonna ask him like you worked in the art stores did you did you get like was there like a, a you know a copic rep that said no it's actually it's copic <laughs> please sell everyone's copic markers <laughs> no and we got uh, like demo videos that we had to always learn about like this is what these kind of markers are and like to like know about all the products and i mm -hmm. i feel like people said it both ways even in the videos so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right 
uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so was there here. a decision you made? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just like oh, the digital tablets is a Wacom or Wacom or whatever it is. Um, but, uh, so what you also worked with watercolor. So I was curious, uh, what did you, was it like an active decision you made to use the markers instead of watercolors for Darla or was it, uh, just, you just started coloring it with the markers and you're like, well, I guess I gotta do the rest of the book this way. Well, I, I figured Cause before I had started adding in the color, I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to have to edit everything and do everything by hand. And so as much mm-hmm. as I wanted to do watercolor, this was my first time working with someone else with like, it was a loose deadline, but a deadline um, mm-hmm. of like when we kind of wanted to have stuff ready for the publisher. And um, I didn't know how the edits were going to go or how many I was going to do. So I was like, I feel like, I've worked with markers, I've worked with watercolor, but I felt like marker was going to be easier to do in the amount of time I had. Like if I had like forever amount of time, I'd probably have done watercolor, but it's a little more testy with how it's going to come out <laughs> from page to page. Yeah. I, I, I don't have the, uh, the fortitude to do watercolor. <laughs> I just, I, I, I see people doing it and I'm just like, I Godspeed. I, I do not have the confidence one bit that this would ever turn out right. And, and I know you got to learn to do it. Amaze me. Like, like yeah. the consistency of color was also what I was nervous about from page mm-hmm. to page. I was like, I don't know how they keep it super consistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's something about your watercolors and there's another artist that it, it, it's like your style plus the watercolors is reminiscent of to me. And that's Tess Fowler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, again, it's not like a one-to-one thing. It's just the, the quality of your line work coupled with like the colorfulness of your watercolors. Um, it, you know, it, it definitely streaks, you know, it's like the, you know, it, it gives me the same, uh, vibes, I guess, for, for, for lack of <laughs> a better word. Is working, is working digitally something ever you've ever considered or... I've tried. So I, so I took a graphic design course in college and I swear the only way I passed was YouTube because it was like a beginner graphic design course. And like everybody mm-hmm. already knew what they were doing because they were graphic design majors and I was a painting major. <laughs> oh. And so I would just take down notes because my teacher would talk really fast. And then I just like mm-hmm. YouTubed it later. So I don't think I really retained mm-hmm. a lot during that class. Um, and I've tried on tablets. My husband's brother, um, is trying to really push me to digital. Um, and so he like, he's like, borrow my tablet, try it out. And like, wanted me to try the procreate app and it, it was fun, but my brain just has a hard time, like switching gears to it for some reason. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Like I'm, I'm like 99% digital now, but that wasn't the case three years ago. You know, uh, when, uh, I was finally able to, uh, swing getting an iPad to draw on, that's when I finally, cause I had starts and stops with working digitally. And, you know, I have one of the, I have one of the more budget friendly drawing monitors and I've tried like the, the cheap, you know, the, not the, not the monitor tablet, but like the actual like little pad that you draw on and you have to look at the screen. And that was too much of a disconnect for me. Um, but yeah, I, I kept trying and trying. And then it wasn't until I got the iPad that I really started taking to it. And even then, 
it was after I'd committed to doing like three or four short stories for people. Cause it's at the start of the pandemic and all that. And I'm like, everyone, I, I just saw a bunch of people saying like, Oh, it's time for me to write my short stories, I guess. And I'm like, Hey, I'm an artist. Um, here's a really cheap rate for me. If you want to do it, it'll be digital. And that's kind of forced me to do a thing, which is kind of like how I learned anything. I have to learn by doing, you know, I'm not much of a sketchbook person. And, you know, by that means I don't sit down and sketch in a sketchbook. Like I have to like draw a thing and do it. And that means I, I fail publicly a lot <laughs> with things. <laughs> you know, my favorite thing to do is post a picture I'm really proud of that I drew and immediately realized the five things that I should have done to it before I posted it. But oh, that's how that's I, that's how the worst. I do that too. <laughs> and then you're just then like, that's... I gotta let it go. It's in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's there, but then I'm like, okay, well now I know what I got to fix. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's everyone I know is too nice to point it out to me anyway. So <laughs> well, I have to point it out to myself. Back. Like I like to look back through mine every now and then and just see yeah. whenever I'm like hard on myself about a recent piece, just like, mm -hmm. okay, but you've at least come a long way from like a few years <laughs> ago. Like, there was some rough yeah, before. <laughs> that, that's, that's always a good thing when you can look back and you can say like, okay, I don't hate this, but I'm definitely better now. Yeah. You know, and I've, I was recently cleaning out my office closet and I have a bunch of like old pages and sketches and stuff like that. And I was coming across some work I did for my first graphic novel. And I'm like, you know, this isn't total garbage. I'm definitely better now though. And I, it was like the first time I could like more see it as objectively as possible with like that with that and um i'm hoping to be at when the 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 time frame of being objective about my work from seven years to like you know minutes <laughs> but you know uh is are you are do you have trouble being like objective about your own work or is it something that you're just you know because i didn't do any proper schooling for art i went into school for photography for a little while but so like actual art art itself wasn't something I really got back into till like my mid to late twenties. So I never really had like the proper schooling method of like having the critiques and having all these things. So is that, is that something that's kind of baked into you now or, or is it just the same? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, like, I think I, like I went to school because I, you know, I was that generation where the parents really pushed, like you need a degree and, I started out wanting to do something that like made profitable sense. And I was like, I'm not feeling it and did art. Um, and I'm still paying those loans on it. Um, <laughs> so I'm not pushing anyone to do art school. Um, but I, I feel like there were cool parts. Like you said, you do get the critiques, but those can get weird. Like I, have you ever watched art school confidential or read the comic for art school? No, comic? no, that was on my list to watch for so so long and i just it just wants to just it's fell a, away it's a very accurate depiction of art school and critiques <laughs> and how weird it can get so i don't know that mm -hmm. they really i mean i guess in a way it gets you over your fear a little bit of like what people are gonna say because you have to hear it um i always tried just being the person that found the good in everybody's piece because we were all like trying and learning um <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah i I don't know. I I've gotten better at being hard on myself, but it depends on the piece and how much time I've put into it. I feel like if I do like a one of painting, I might get a little nitpicky, but then like I'll look back at stuff like comics and I'm like, Oh man, this page, I could have done this a little different or, you know, the bigger ones that you really pour your heart into, I feel like are the ones that I'm the hardest on myself on. 
more personal. Okay. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's, again, we're, we're our own harshest critic. It's just, you know, can we be constructive to ourselves as well? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to be better with that. I'm trying to, if I see something that's just terrible and, you know, I, I I've gotten a bit better with at the very least recognizing when I'm not doing something good and having to step away. Um, especially with my, my personal work schedule, I'm usually working later at night or early in the morning. And sometimes later at night, I'm just tired and I can tell like, I'm gonna have to redraw this tomorrow if I keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm thinking I'm do I'm thinking I'm getting it done and I'm not, I'm gonna look back at it tomorrow and be like, why is this foot five times bigger than it needs to be? <laughs> or, yeah. What is, what is this mess called a hand? Did AI do this? <laughs> this is not, <laughs> what is this? Um, so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to police myself better that way, or at least safeguard myself with all that. But, um, yeah, if you get a chance to draw digitally or whatever, it, I think it's just going to, it's going to take, you know, it's, it, it, it's not a necessity for anybody for sure. It's certainly made my life easier Yeah, because I can, I can do a lot, I can draw, you know, from time to time at the very least around the, my, my younger kids. I can't necessarily bring out my, you know, my ink nib and, yeah. <laughs> and, and a brush when I want to ink something around the kids because that's just asking for disaster. But, you know, they're getting a little bit older and all that, too, now, and they kind of understand, like, you know, don't don't uh, don't touch daddy's things. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I have friends least... who have kids and they all say the tablet's like the way to go as an artist, because like you said, yeah. it's it's you don't have to worry about the mess or. Mm-hmm. you know, like being in the way. You know? it, it was actually pretty funny because my son, he's uh, about three and a half now and he's, you know, huge into, into drawing and all that. So I'm like, Oh, let's, you know, let's draw something or whatever. So I'm, we're sitting at the table and I bring out some paper for both of us and some markers. And he's like, no, I'm like, what? what do you mean? You said you wanted to draw. And he's like, no, daddy draw this. And then he's, and he tried to daddy draw on that on Aww. iPad. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, for daddy's work, I'll draw on iPad, but for now, let's draw, let's draw on the paper. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to draw on paper. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Not the result I wanted, but you know, you get it. <laughs> you get it. That's <laughs> You can pique the interest uh, with it though. So it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think like with anything uh, drawing digitally, you, you have to find the right tool for and the right medium for yourself. Cause some people love procreate. I don't care for it. I think it's a great program to like sketch in for myself, but to like make comics on it, I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Like the, the learning curve for me, I'm used to like manga studio or clip studio. Now uh, I'm used to that format and that, and that kind of structure with it. But oh, maybe even then, it, those, cause procreate. Yeah. I, hmm. I was like, I kind of get the layers, but it didn't work well for me with, like you said, comic stuff. So I was like, eh. yeah. I also I think because Clip Studio has a lot more of a Photoshop flavor in terms of like structure and, and arrangement of things, and I was more comfortable with Photoshop than anything like with the layers and the the layer t- you know the layer settings and just like the brushes and and, and all that. With Procreate, it, I think it's great that it's such a nice clean interface, but it's like too clean for me. It's like yeah. I have to like dig in too deep for lots of things that. I do. And I know there's people who have like shortcuts hit up and they have like little Bluetooth controllers that do things and stuff like that and do amazing work with it. And 
awesome. Yeah, it's just not for me. But uh, my, I'm my long-winded way of saying, like, you know, I think, I think if you can uh, find the right program and the right brushes, the right digital brushes for you, you know, it, it becomes a lot easier because that also was a big thing for me. I, once I finally found the right brushes that worked for me, yeah. that got me the line that I would get if I was inking manually, traditionally, whatever you want to call it, then that's where it just made more sense to me. Everything just kind of clicked a, lot, a whole lot more. So maybe that's what was fresh for me. Cause I feel like it was like, I would try to do lines and it just mm-hmm. wouldn't adjust to my pressure or the way I was doing it, the mm-hmm. way a pen would. And I yeah. was just like over it probably easier than I should have. been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, with, I think all, all the programs do that, but yeah, definitely with close to, you can adjust the sensitivity and things like that. And mm. I tend to get actually very heavy handed. So it's actually been really great for me to like, you know, reduce the sensitivity so that way when i do get heavy-handed and i'm pressing down a little too hard i'm not getting these big blob lines yeah uh, that that i would get and then have to fix you know manly and it's crossed over to when i'm inking traditionally now i i get you know i have that mindset of like not pressing too hard also because i'm not you know i had to learn how to not death grip the pencil and (laughs) give myself like a a weird uh I don't know, a wrist ache thing that I would do when I first started drawing with the tablet. So, you know, it's benefited me both ways, but you know, your mileage may vary. I'm not trying to sell you on digital. I just, you mentioned like doing corrections and things like that. And, you know, I feel like if it can make your life a little bit easier, then maybe you should try it. (laughs) Yeah. I I had fun with it though, in a way, because it was kind of like a puzzle of like, how can I adjust this part of the page without you being able to tell once I like scan it in and everything. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I know digital can be a lot easier with edits and I've, I've mm-hmm. been meaning to just make myself really learn it and not get frustrated. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I can easily get frustrated with, but you know, again, I recently had to do some commissions though, you know, traditionally and all that. And then I did, get, I did do the, 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 the thing that gets memed where it's like, I tried to zoom in on paper. Oh no. I tried to pinch <laughs> zoom in on paper. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then it, it, it got to a point where like, also where I had to do some whiteout and I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't used white. But then like, after like, I had to do like five commissions. And after like the end of the second one, I was just like, I'm going to draw everything traditional again. I love playing with the whiteout and all this other stuff again. And then by the time I was done with the fifth one, I'm like, I'm going back to fucking digital. Like this is, this is too messy. <laughs> well, and you're working on a lot at once. So yeah, digital would definitely save yeah. you time. Yeah. So, so I, I, I definitely love working traditionally. I would love to do, I I'm doing a few pages for one of my books. Uh, traditionally is so that way when we do the Kickstarter, I have those I can sell or whatever. Um, some of the more key pages, I guess they want to call it, but, um, I'm, I'm only doing that even because we had several people ask, but the last kicks are like, Oh, are there original art? We want, I, I'd like to buy, you know, this page I saw or whatever. Oh, I'm like, nice. no, it's all digital. I can recreate it for you if you want. And it's kind of like, eh, you know, and then a couple of my friends were like, you shouldn't have told them that you should have said, yeah, yeah, I got it. And then just recreated it and send it to them. They're not going to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I would know. Yeah. I would know. And I, 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 I didn't need to do, I didn't need that, uh, extra work that badly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <For> that. 
Yeah, Kickstarters are great. This was my first one and Josh's first one. And like, mm-hmm. it was really cool to see the response. And like, like you said, like the, like the, we did like artworks and um, interviews with Josh and stuff like that. Or not interviews. It was like five minute or 15 minute, I think, video calls with him. Just to ask him anything. And um, it was cool to see how excited, like you said, people get about the like bonus stuff. Like I would have never thought of that. Unfortunately, had a publisher to to let us know <laughs> yeah you know my my co-creator for evie uh steve bryant he he's an ex- expert at kickstarters he's done i think over 12 at this point um and he has he has it down to a science so i was just kind of like following his lead with everything but yeah all the extra stuff and all that you know it's it's a lot of fun to do but then you kind of realize how much extra work it is and and all that but it's still really fun and i think it kind of as much as my brain's like, it'd be nice just to make the comic, have the comic come out, people buy the comic, and I'm good. And it seems like all this other extra work has to go into it. But then sometimes you get, there's, there's so much fun things or so many like experiences you have with doing the extra stuff that we have to do as comic book creators. Yeah. That like, like I can't, like doing, doing these things, like gotten to know so many more people doing yeah. this. If people weren't trying to promote Kickstarters, I wouldn't have been met so many new people that, you know, at the very least I consider like, you know, online friends, but, you know, people who, you know, I enjoy having interactions with and stuff like that, just because we have to do these extra steps and, and do these extra things. So, you know, it, it, I, I have to, I have to market in the win column, I guess. Yeah. Um, for all that. <laughs> so it would be nice just to, to, just to draw the pages, have the comment come out. <laughs> it's like to worry conventions about. like the selling yeah. part's always a little weird like i i always yeah. like it's funny i'm not good at the business side of things like i just like you said want to do the art so the business is hard but i i love the conventions because like you said you meet so many different personalities you learn mm-hmm. about so many different projects and comics that are coming out that you wouldn't have and i've met, met yeah. some really good friends just from doing them too they're so fun yeah i mean i just I usually do C2E2 in Chicago because I'm, you know, just outside of Chicago. And that's usually like the one big convention I do every year. And I hadn't, I hadn't done it since 2020, since the last one before everything shut down. And in that, you know, three year span, I had gotten to know so many new people online and, and people I consider friends now. And I got to meet a whole bunch of them at, at C2E2. And that, that was like the highlight of it. You know, the selling part and doing commissions and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. was actually... I was, I was just like, it was, I was like constantly like wanting to leave my table. Like I was like having zero interest in trying to sell anything, <laughs> even though I'm like, I need to like make some money, I guess, or at least not have lost money here. <laughs> yeah. That's the hardest but, part of convention. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I was, I'll, I was also kind of, I was also kind of burnt out cause we had the Kickstarter and I had just finished the second issue of, uh, that, uh, the other comic I was doing literally like the weekend before and then i had to like jump ahead and do a bunch of commissions uh before the show so i was definitely yeah. feeling if not burnt out crispy yeah <laughs> so it's like like i just i just want to hang out with people and and do all that so yeah it's um it's it's, it's just an in- it's an interesting uh thing we have to do as creators to like just get our work out there and you know i've i've spoken to people who i've known who have kind of come up and you know they're they got the uh the juice in the industry where they don't have to do these things you know yeah they can 
they can go to a show, they they sit at a publisher's table for a couple hours every day, and then they do a couple panels, and they're just like hanging out, roaming around the rest of the time. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be the best. Yeah. That's got to be the best. Because then you can just go straight yeah. to the fun part, which is yeah. like the just connecting with everybody part. Like, Yeah. And, oh. and it's not that I don't enjoy like talking to people who come to my table. I love that. I love people coming and all that, especially when someone's like, you know, buying something, an art thing I did or brings up something that I did that they really enjoyed that I didn't expect them to. Like there's, I've sold, I sold a few pieces that I, you know, I wasn't super hot on, but they were in my portfolio to people who were just stoked to have them. Like, Oh my God. And why is this one so cheap? And I I was just like, ah, it's been around for a couple of years. And you know, I'm just, you know, he's like, awesome. And I'm like, and it makes me feel like an idiot. Like, I'm like, why, you know, (laughs) clearly (laughs) this person enjoys this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. you know so um it 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 would be and i think it just would be nice to if you were uh of the status of some of these people were like you get those interactions it's just all at once (laughs) it's a big long line of everybody i suppose it's sprinkled throughout the throughout the day but i don't know uh i think i don't know how to gauge conventions anymore because of you know how the world is now and all that so i'm hoping next year with C2E2, it's going to be like a full year plus away from the last one. Uh, hopefully the, the, it gets back to the older vibes, because if not, then I might just stop tabling and just go to because, uh, you know, I don't it's not that I don't like you know tabling or doing commissions or sketches and stuff, but it's so much work on top of making the comics and stuff like that. that yeah. And, you know, for creators like us, we're we're paying for the tables. We're paying for everything. So we're, we're much less like, oh man, we're trying to make, you know, I'm losing money here. It's just like, no, I'm, you know, I have to break even first before I can make money. And it's a long, it's a long road with some of these conventions and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know if you've done a lot of big conventions or anything like that, but it's definitely like a huge factor (laughs) with everything. I just started doing them about like a year or so ago, but that was back when I mean, my husband were living in Alabama mm-hmm. for his law school and he had a job there at the time. Okay. Um, but we moved back home. We're back in Vegas now. Um, and so I want to get back out and do comic conventions. And then I found out they were like mostly in April. So like I wouldn't be able to do Darla at them. So I'm hoping to like yeah. do them next year with Darla. The best mm-hmm. I could find is like, we have like an oddities and curiosities convention in the fall. So I'm like, maybe I can get into there mm-hmm. to do Darla <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but, um, so I'm excited for at least like, we're going to drive down, like Josh said to LA to revenge of, to, to, to do stuff with that. I'll be doing sketches and stuff there, which will be cool. Cause it's been a while since I've done a con, honestly. Um, and like you said, I, I just love the connecting mm-hmm. with the people part. I'm yeah. excited to do that again. Yeah, yeah. If if it was just that, and I, you know, and for C two E two was like four fifty for a table. Um, even oh, if I, goodness. you know, I, I I split it with somebody, so it wasn't you know it was half that amount, but still, it's like. So even if it was just like, oh, you get a you you know you get like a, a free table, then cool, you know that that that's a huge amount of money. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot. Only I did were like I want to say like a hundred at the most. So. Yeah. Usually, if you could get a couple books sold, you could, like you said, break even. So, yeah, that would yeah. be harder if it's four hundred <laughs> for a table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's 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 rough. I mean, C two E two is a fairly large convention. I think it's maybe 
fourth or third in terms of attendance. Oh, wow. Third or fourth. I think, I think it's fourth. I think it's San Diego, New York, Emerald City, and then C2E2. Okay, that's but, uh, probably why. Well, at least you get in, though, because I, I know there's, like, yeah. lists and stuff for those bigger oh, ones. I, I have ne- I've done it like seven times. I've never officially been in. I've always either been waitlisted or someone split with me, oh. which infuriates me to no end because all the times I've waitlisted, there's one year where I didn't even, I didn't get in on Friday. I'm just walking around because I, I had the pro badge. I ran into the guy who does Artist Alley and he's like, hey, I got some empty tables. If I give you, you know, 200 <laughs> bucks, you want Saturday, Sunday, you want to come, you want to come set up? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I ended up having like one of my best shows ever because of that. But it was also like, all right, then well, hopefully they'll remember that I bailed them out this year, next year. Next year I apply, waitlisted. I'm like, come on. Man. That's crazy. <laughs> but it's fine. And, you know, I, I just, the only really annoying thing about it is just I end up having the, you know, I don't have as much lead time to like mentally prepare, prepare or yeah. physically or prepare for together. the show. Yeah. You know, uh, so ho- hopefully next year, uh, at, at the very least, I'll uh, have I have a bit more headway. But again, that's that, that's the only real annoying part of it is just the prep time and having it ready and be able to prepare. Especially now, you know, you know, I have to make sure you know the the kids are cool and you know, because it's three days, it's a yeah. three day show. So uh, I will say for you, um, check out libraries around in your area and library shows. A lot of libraries are doing comic con- like little mini cons and stuff like that. And it's usually just like, you know, five or six tables or whatever on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. But I've had some surprisingly awesome days yeah. <laughs> in some library shows. I've actually, I, I got a gig doing, doing like mini comics for like an ad agency. Oh, that's uh, Like cool. once a year, like once a year, they've been coming to me to, for like a little mini, mini comic for various things. And I met the dude at that show because he was just there with his kids. Oh, so, that's cool. I've been trying know, to look and, at bookstores, but they're kind of like, mm-hmm. we want to see the book first. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, let me get them in yeah. first. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, for me, library shows are great. Um, I don't have a ton of kid friendly stuff. Not, not, not no. by design. It's just how my career has gone. Yeah. But I always get like the dads and the older yeah. brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Moms. Like, oh, honey, this isn't for, oh, what is this? And I explain to them what it is. They're like, huh, okay. And then, like, later I, I see the dad come, I'm going to get this from, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the kid, you know, and the kid is like, oh, do you do sketches? Oh, can you do a little Grogu for my son? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll draw a Grogu. That's a good question. <laughs> I think, I think, I think there was, uh, what was it? A few years before Grogu, it was BB 8. Everyone wanted to BB 8. Yeah, I didn't know so. BB-8 was that popular. Like, I liked BB-8, but I didn't realize he was quite as popular as you. Man, kids, kids fucking loved. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I, I must have drawn that little guy. Like, I'm so glad I brought my circle templates. That's all I got to say. Oh, <laughs> it's like okay, we're one, two, three, done. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Check you. out library shows. I, they're, they're really great, like low pressure shows to like just kind of do, you know. Yeah, um, I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. And, yeah, and you know, back to being in town too, so I'm just kind of feeling yeah, the and, water out. <laughs> and, and, and Darla is definitely the type of book I think that people who go to a library would be like, "Oh, wow, this is really interesting." You know, it's not like you know, super dude punching you know, mega jerk. You know, it's 
it's it's something like oh wow I can like sink my teeth into this and and all that so uh you know I I, I think that'd be a beneficial thing or something worthwhile to check out at the very I least. Know they did little conventions. I got to look into that. I, I've mm-hmm. done like a, when I was back in Alabama, there was actually funny enough in Birmingham, uh, the library um, near me had like a little horror themed club that they were starting out. And it's actually grown quite a lot. Um, mm. And they have like horror authors come they actually had me like sandwiched in between. They had Stephen Graham Jones come in and then it was like me and then Grady Hendrix. And I was like, I don't know that my book is deserving to be in the middle of these right now, <laughs> but, but it was a cool experience to like do the library. And, um, but I never thought about, I, you're right. I got to look into conventions at libraries. I didn't think about that. Especially during the summer, they do, at least in my area, a lot of them do it during the summer because kids are out of school and, you know, there's uh, like events they want to have and and stuff like that so um hopefully there's some in your area that are you know seem cool to check out and all that but uh i i think uh yeah uh, darla is definitely something that would be well received (laughs) and something like that yeah (laughs) all right i I don't want to keep to keep uh keep you for much longer um i appreciate you staying and, and chatting about your process and influences and all that and uh i had to Great time just chatting with you about art and, and all that. Um, yeah. But now is the time to let everybody know where they can find you on social media. And I'll make sure there's links to everything in the show notes below. Well, thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Um, for links, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's just my name at Brie Tippett's Art. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Etsy and stuff are on there as well. And then, yeah, Darla comes out May 31st, which I'm really excited. And you can pre-order it. Um, I think Josh has the link on his instagram still and i have it on mine as well um if you wanted to pre-order if anyone wants to pre-order it as well as it comes out on the 31st in stores and stuff okay awesome i'll make sure there's links to all that in the show notes below um even though this episode will post after your signing uh, i'll make sure to look on social media and help spread the word beforehand for anyone who might be in the area to go check out your signing with josh i hope it goes awesomely i hope it's a huge blast and and you have the best time doing it all and uh once again thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you for having me i had so much fun thank you for listening to the comics coffee metal podcast please be sure to return next episode where i'm speaking to john mcguire rpg writer publisher and co-creator of 321 action games see you then